0: Uh, I'm Matt Slick live. Matt Slick is uh, currently enjoying a uh, some time in the Holy Land with a group of Christians, and uh, we're hoping that uh, he's enjoying himself there. He sent some uh, small videos and snapshots back for me to uh, sample what he's doing. And um, I'm a bit envious that I can't be there with him, but um, I'm sure he's going to come back with some with some good reports. So, today is uh, Friday, uh, February 24th, as we head into the weekend, uh, 2023. Uh, and it's good to have you with us. Uh, Matt, normally on Friday, will deal with uh, some hate mail. He likes to make a lighthearted approach on uh, some of the people that have written him in uh, less than charitable terms. I'll leave that to stack up for him when he gets back uh, after uh, next week. I'll be here next week, too, Lord willing. Um, and he can um, bring you some of those things. He has uh, kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, page on the CARM website. That's org for Christian uh, research uh, our Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry. Uh, forgive me for getting that wrong. Uh, he has a page on there called uh, Pick Your Insult, and it's a way for people to, in, in a tongue-in-cheek way, to keep their criticisms sharp and witty, and it's a little, a little bit of a roadmap. I've asked him to update it. He wrote it quite a while ago, but the Pick Your Insult page is good for a, for a laugh. Uh, now, uh, some people have asked me, how did CARM get going? How did it start? How does the Lord bring us uh, together in the CARM family? And so, if you don't mind, uh, we'll stand by for your calls, nevertheless, uh, at toll free uh 207 uh, and you're welcome to call in with questions or observations or objections. We can... Uh, Uh, stomach all of that quite well. Uh, But uh, we have a wonderful Karm family that's developed, and some followers and listeners that uh, have always been uh, very, um, uh, how can I say, they're very uh, uh, spot on with some of the questions they ask, because there are questions that are commonly asked, and a lot of people need to hear the, the question asked, who are otherwise timid and don't want to call into a radio show. But there's no need to be timid. We're all friends here. And the question you ask uh, may provide an answer for someone just listening in their car and driving that don't have access to a telephone or to the uh, Internet or where we're broadcasting over uh, several uh, social media platforms. Um, the one we're transitioning to here uh, in most recent, recent days, in the coming days, we're transitioning over to Rumble, which seems to be one of the more friendly platforms for doing what we do. But ask the question, and uh, I bet you not only will you benefit from a biblical answer, but so will other people that are interested in the same topic or is topics similar. Now, as for CARM uh, getting started, in the early days, there was no CARM. Uh, there was uh, just a, a couple of us uh, Christian brothers and sisters that, that had a uh, uh, had developed uh, what the Lord put in us as a passion to deal with apologetics okay apologetics uh, are simply uh, put uh, uh, the exercise of giving answers for the faith uh, that you hold it 's uh, in in the in light with uh, or you know, in line with the admonition we see in first Peter 3:15 that tells us to be ready to give an answer for anyone who asks us for the uh, reasons for the hope we hold in Christ and if you're ready to give an answer like that uh, uh, as to why you have the faith you do and why you hold to it um, this is uh, this is what the, is edifying to the body of Christ, and it's also uh, attractive to those who are considering uh, uh, trying to uh, uh, respond to the wooing of the Holy Spirit, and that uh, when they hear answers for the faith, that this is an encouraging and a blessing all around. Uh, now, we at uh, CARM uh, also took very seriously admonitions from some of our Uh, pastors at the time. Uh, We were living in Southern California, and and one of our pastors especially had a license plate that read Jude 3. And uh, of course, in the book of Jude, it tells us to uh, contend earnestly for the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. And so I remember that license plate on that yellow car that my my pastor drove, uh, and that was his Forte. Uh, some of you may have heard of uh, Dr. Mark, Dr. Walter Martin, the original and authentic Bible answer man. Uh, back then in the 80s, I, I had the pleasure uh, to attend his Bible study, and he became our pastor, uh, and he was uh, quite um, knowledgeable, as some of you know. He had a very quick mind and a very uh, sharp uh, ability to remember Uh, and recall scriptures as well as documentation. We didn't have the Internet back then to document things for people. Uh, Some people would say, well, you know, I think you made that up, or you're not putting it correctly when you criticize my particular position. And, of course, we had to have books and photocopies for original documentation purposes. And, uh, of course, we couldn't... uh, Photocopy page after page after page from a book, but we could get a reference and a quote and give it to them with the uh, source, the source, and they could check out the, the material themselves to be to make sure we were not quoting something out of context or in an illegitimate way. And we tried to assure people that even that we're hostile to the faith, that no, we're not making this up. Uh, this is something that's uh, been published by. Your particular church or your particular organization that seems to be wildly contrary to what the scripture says and some of them would follow up with our uh, uh, our invitation to check out our uh, documentation and come back and say you know uh, it was uh, it was interesting for me to go check this out and find out that you were you're pretty right on and I need to adjust my ways now that kind of person was very humble and very uh, not stubborn or prideful enough to uh, uh, to stick to the, what they were uh, believing, even though they saw uh, sound documentation and sound biblical answers uh, to answer uh, in a way that would correct their position. Other people were rigid, obviously, and stubborn, and bullheaded, and uh, like me, and I needed something more of a push from the Holy Spirit in order to acknowledge uh, that I needed to adjust my position. But that's, that's what the Word of God is for. That's why we study it. That's why we study to show ourselves approved, so that we're not ashamed in the fashion that we handle the Word of God. We need to prove all things, as Scripture says, and hold fast that which is good. And, of course, to, to prove or to test the accuracy uh, and the legitimacy of something that comes our way of a spiritual nature, we use our Scriptures, as did the Bereans, in the book of Acts, who actually uh, checked daily into their scriptures, according to the Apostle Paul, to see that even the Apostle Paul was giving them accurate information. He had uh, just been from a a place called Thessalonica when he went to Berea, and he told the Bereans that, uh, you know, the Thessalonicans they listened to me preach the gospel, and they accepted it readily enough. And, of course, we praise the Lord for that. But he says, you Bereans, you've taken the Scriptures uh, and daily checked what I'm saying against what the Scripture says. And he he said of them, uh, you Bereans are of a more noble character, a more noble-minded in that you do that. So it's a good thing to check everything that comes your way and look at it under the magnifying glass of God's Word and and watch it open up to you. Some people have uh, unfortunately turned the affair around and they have a magnifying glass pointing at God and they're examining Him when it's He who is examining us and uh, we're to try to uh, see as much as we can or accept as much as we can His insight into us and showing us our need for Him. Uh, and He's gracious enough to do that So. Uh, Anyhow, in the beginning of our ministry, uh, we got together with other Christians just loosely at Bible studies and so forth, and um, at one Bible study, I met uh, Matt Slick, and uh, he uh, seemed like uh, just a normal guy, but uh, it seems he was committed to learning uh, as much as I was committed to learning. We had this hunger. the Word of God, we had this hunger to be able to represent ourselves as uh, faithful Christians. And the topic came around um, about the cults, and uh, we were mentioning that uh, several of the more active cults that will uh, come to your door, uh, one of them being uh, the Mormons or the LDS Church, uh, he said, well, they're Christians. And uh, I, you know, this is a common thing because they present themselves as Christian um, with uh, using our Christian terminology, but usually with the LDS uh, definitions behind those Christian t- terms, so that if you're not aware of the, the, the definition of Christian terms, uh, you might think they are talking to you on this equal level. Uh, when they're talking of Jesus Christ, they're talking of, the, in the LDS sense, the uh, spirit brother of Lucifer in the preexistence. Jesus being uh, his brother, and uh, God the Father being a literal uh, glorified man from uh, another planet that uh, exists near a star, named, a star named Kolob, somewhere in perhaps this universe or another, and that there's a progression of gods beyond him, that God the Father. He had a God the Father that was glorified similarly to him and became a God of his own universe. This is something that's completely contrary to Christianity. So when they say Jesus, they have a different view, a different meaning behind that word than we do, just as the Christian scientists will say... uh, Jesus is a state of consciousness. Uh, The Christ consciousness is what Jesus was in contact with, and that's what made him Jesus the Christ. He was somewhat of an avatar on a higher plane than we are. Well, that's not the Jesus we worship, uh, whereas the Jehovah's Witnesses will say that Jesus is the first and greatest creation of, of, of the supreme God, Jehovah, whereas no... Uh, he's not a creature. He's not a creation. Jesus is God in flesh, uh, second person of the Trinity, which most of these uh, aberrant and cultic groups will deny the Trinity as well. Uh, so uh, we look at this and we, uh, we say, okay, well, how do we answer these people? That some of them have this a very refined uh uh, we find theology, we find in the fact that it's off base but sounds good. Well, uh, we'll come back after this break and I'll tell you more of how we approach the people and how we began. Uh, so this is Mass 6 Live and we'll be back after this you. Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Matt Slick Live. Uh, this is Charlie Spine sitting in for Matt Slick. Uh, I uh, expect to sit in for him again next week if uh, the Lord uh, is willing. And hopefully I can sharpen my technical skills to make it uh, a smooth uh, transition uh, into the next week, uh, I've had the wonderful help from uh, a couple of brothers at the station that are guiding me uh, in a uh, remote sense uh, from, from uh, the headquarters there, and they're very gracious in uh, putting up with my uh, lack of expertise in the broadcast arts. Uh, they're wonderful. Uh, I was telling you how Karm uh, got started, and it was before Karm was even thought of that uh, speaking of the cults and the occult and different things, Matt Slick mentioned to me at this Bible study that, uh, and is regarding the Mormons in particular, that he thought they were Christian. Well, I had with me a photocopy that um, I used of a page when I would talk to some of the different members of the LDS Church that uh, was a photocopy of the history of the church, which is published by their church, uh, Volume 6. It was two-sided, page 408 and 409, and I found this documentation especially useful because many of the LDS uh, church members I talked to had this um, collection of the history of the church in their personal uh, uh, libraries at home. And so they could go home and and check uh, if what I was saying was true. So I handed it to Matt. And I read to him this, the part of um, uh, what was said on page 40, uh, 406, or 408 and 409, and here's what uh, Joseph Smith said in there. I'm quoting Joseph Smith's uh, uh, statement. He says, God is in the still small voice in all these affidavits, indictments, it's all of the devil, all corruption, come on, ye prosecutors, ye roll uh, you false swearers, all hell boil over, you burning mountains, roll down your lava, for I will come out on top at last. I have more to boast of than ever any man had. I am the only man that has ever been able to keep a whole church together since the days of Adam, a large ma- a majority of the whole who have stood by me are here. He says, now neither Paul nor John, Peter, nor Jesus ever did it. I boast that no man ever did such a work as I. Well, when I read that to him, he snatched that paper out of my hand. And he said, what? Who said that? I said, well, that's the founder of Mormonism, the so-called prophet and seer and revelator and president of their church at the beginning. He goes, that's whacked." And I said, well, I mean, that's kind of one way you could put it. Yeah, but it's certainly not Christian. And he goes, oh, my goodness, had no idea. So like lots of people, uh, they're unaware of some of the origins of some of these uh, 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 cults and aberrant Christian movements. But when he found out at the beginning what the founder was claiming, it was enough to wind him up tight, and he uh, eventually, uh, in, in, as you see him now, is still wound up, so to speak, in uh, his energetic uh, 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 actions to the, try to correct these things for people or try to keep them out of getting snared into something that they might otherwise think is a Christian organization. Uh, because of the attractive lifestyles of the people that you might find there. You might find ethical people, moral people, wanting to do good for God, Uh, but their wanting to do good for God becomes uh, uh, corrupted in that they think that they can work in and of themselves to uh, merit the blessings of God uh, by adhering to the laws and ordinances of the particular organization. And no... Uh, now, you put yourself right with God when you recognize, and He causes you to uh, exchange your hard heart for a heart of flesh. You recognize your need for Him, your utter need for Him, and you uh, understand that that uh, you lack anything that can possibly work or merit His grace. Uh, if it was something merited or uh, owed to you, that would be something other than grace. Grace is a free gift from God, and we count on God to open the hearts and minds of of people we preach to, uh, because His Word is, as He says, alive. It's uh, sharper than a two-edged sword, and when you put forth His Word uh, and it goes out, it doesn't come back, having not accomplished anything, but it does accomplish the purpose for which it is meant. Now, the nuts and bolts of that, of how it actually works, uh, is something that is uh, difficult for us to discern or even to comprehend on this side of heaven, but God says that uh, through the preaching of His Word, uh, it's part of how this is accomplished, how He accomplishes it, and so that's enough for me to know that uh, I don't need to know the nuts and bolts and the intricacies of exactly how it makes it work, I'll just do my part. And respond to him in love and try to spread his word so that it will do the work it's meant to do. Now, that quote from Joseph Smith uh, energized Matt and some of us uh, that were already inter- interested in witnessing to the cult. And we eventually formed a uh, swap meet ministry. I inherited the swap meet ministry where we went to a, a local drive in theater in Orange County. Um, and the Orange Drive-In, where, by the way, uh, uh, a larger ministry had established itself before us, um, they called it the drive through Church. But on the weekends, they would have a flea market, so to speak. It was a rather large drive-in. You'd pick a, you'd rent from the drive-in owners a a booth. We called it between a space between the two speakers, where you would normally park cars. Uh, you'd rent that area, and people. Uh, would present their flea market items or their special crafts and whatnot, uh, or just stuff from the garage sales uh, that they would otherwise put on, bring it out there, and, um, and give people uh, a chance to appropriate it. Well, we had a booth with uh, little card tables that we got little fold-out legs on these little square tables, uh, and we put out Christian tracks for people to pick up on different topics. We put uh, some nice... Little smooth uh, uh, river stone holding their papers down. And people, some people would walk by and we'd be, we'd kind of crack up because as they'd walk by, they'd take a glance over and they'd say, Oh, look, uh, they're selling rocks. Like, no, no, we're not selling rocks. They're just holding down these tracks. You're free to take some. And uh, sometimes they'd come over and take a look and we'd strike up a conversation and it might be with a brother. Or sister in Christ, or it might be someone who is completely um, uh, opposed to the Christian faith, and uh, they would see a track uh, that pertained to a topic that they were interested in, and that we were often running sometimes. That people would come back from week to week to seek us out as our booth location changed. We didn't have the money to buy a, a, a single spot ahead of time and to return to that same spot week to week. So people would have to look for us. And when they did and they'd find us, we praised God you know, in our hearts that uh, He had shown uh, He had given them an interest in what we were doing. Um, so at that SWAT we developed uh, into some um, interesting activities that uh, eventually blossomed into what you now see on the internet as calm.org. It's Matt Slick Live. Taking your calls at 877 207 2276. Here's Matt Slick. Well, well, welcome back to Matt Slick Live. This is Charlie Spartan sitting in for Matt Slick. While well, he's uh, on a uh, uh, wonderful trip to the Holy Land. Uh, I was uh, explaining to you some of the early origins of CARM.org and uh, the uh, Matt Slick Live program that has resulted uh, in the end from that. Um, We uh, uh, began our active uh, ministry into the public with uh, Matt Slick and I, Matt Slick and I, in between going to the uh, Swap meat ministry and providing tracks for people there, we decided we would go out into neighborhoods and go to doorsteps and knock on doors. After all, other people were knocking on doors that had uh, a message that was uh, uh, more, more like a spiritual spiderweb that we didn't want people to get caught in. We wanted to give them the truth. So we drove around and drove around in Southern California in Orange County, and if you are are acquainted with uh, uh, Buena Park in Orange County, we we uh, ended up uh, at a, probably a, an otherwise insignificant intersection of two streets uh, called Sunkist and Omega. And uh, we kind of reasoned in our mind, instead of Sunkist with S-U-N, with that we were kind of Look at it, S-O-N, Sunkist. And, of course, Omega uh, brought to mind the Alpha and the Omega. I mean, we were kind of uh, knuckleheads in how we approached it, but we said, this is as good a, a place to start as any. So we turned in there, and we ended up on a very small uh, cul-de-sac. Um, it was about, I don't know, just a few homes on it. And we decided we'd, we'd worked up. I mean, we had butterflies. Uh, in our stomach, major butterflies, and uh, we decided, okay, we're going to go to this door uh, of the house we, we came to, and yeah, as we worked up the nerve to go forward, we we approached it slowly, and we knocked on the door, and it was, the door was ajar, just an inch or two, and we heard a lady uh, from inside say, I'm back here, come back here, hurry, you know, and she had this panic sound in her voice and we kind of looked at each other and before we could really enter the house rolling up behind us came an ambulance and a police car and a fire truck with the paramedics and they were rushing in and we got out of the way and uh, they'd gone in she had called the paramedics we had no idea of knowing that when we walked to the door all we did before we did, and before we got out of the car, we asked the Lord, "Please, Lord, you know, give us an opportunity to talk to people and give us a, you know, a receptive audience." No, uh, uh, you know, in our efforts, and so the Lord did. He did it by by way of uh, having everyone in that neighborhood, as as you will do when when something of an uh, of a nature of this happens. You see the the emergency vehicles roll in. Everybody came out of their house. And uh, the lady was saying, "Okay, Harry, don't worry. I'll be. You'll be fine. You'll be fine." And they rolled this gentleman out on a stretcher toward the uh, uh, the um, the ambulance, and the, and the the attendants were saying, "Don't worry, Mister Wolf. We'll take care of you. You're, we're close to the hospital, and you're doing fine. You'll be. You'll be well." And we looked at each other. And the lady called him Harry, and. The paramedics called him Mr. Wolf. Was that the guy's name? Harry Wolf? I mean, a very memorable name, and we never forgot it to this day, but it was kind of uh, um, yeah, just a, a curious thing for us to, to have it developed that way. Well, when they took him away and the uh, the emergency vehicle started to leave, of course, what was there was this crowd of people. And here we are standing there with our Bibles in our hands and these there was two kids on their bicycles, looked at us kind of with a jaundiced eye, and they said, hey, what are you guys doing here? And here the Lord had provided something we'd asked for, and he provided it in a a greater way than we could have ever imagined. We were kind of stunned and didn't know what to do, really. So we asked uh, Mr. Wolf's neighbors, you know, is there someone here that can lock up his house for him? And and in fact, one of the paramedics came back and did that. And, and uh, Mrs. Wolf—that's that, who she was—said, uh, "Here, just give my key to, to this lady. shes we're friends, and she takes care of things for me." So we said, "Okay." Um, and, well, we encourage you guys to pray for for Mr. Wolf and his recovery. And uh, beyond that, we really didn't know what to say. So everybody kind of wandered back to their houses, and we wandered. Off through the rest of the neighborhood, uh, without uh, any uh, uh, idea or feeling for that, we should knock on another door. As we had been taken by such surprise and overtaken by the circumstances that the Lord was in a state of shock. Really, my goodness. So, but we did eventually make our way to a few more doors, and uh, Matt was a bit sheepish and, and insisted I knock on the door and, and try to initiate conversations and. None of them went very well. I had uh, two or three people uh, that were kind and 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 just you know said they were busy doing other things. And so Matt and I we thought and uh, uh, talked together that he would knock on the next door. So when uh, uh, when we did, he uh, knocked on a door and we looked and he showed other and I said, you know, people probably think we're Jehovah's Witnesses or something. They're the only ones out on the weekend doing this kind of thing. And so we knocked on the door. This lady, uh, we could hear her high heels on her wooden floor. tick, 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 tick. And she came toward the door. She opened it, and I kind of pushed Matt forward. And he goes, oh, hi, good morning. He says, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. And the lady just roared back at him. Well, I am. And she slammed the door very hard in his face. And it's like, wow. Uh, he opened his mouth and inserted his foot, and uh, I've never let him forget of his first uh, opportunity and his first effort at evangelism by reminding him of that story, and we get a gig a lot of it now. But uh, that was Matt Slick's first attempt at uh, public evangelism uh, off the top of our head, but from our heart. Uh, now, uh, you can... Uh, You can tell, and we admit, we were kind of knuckleheads, not knowing what we're doing really, not having a plan, Uh, but nevertheless, we were trying to lend ourselves to the Lord to be uh, instruments in His hand. We said, use this whatever way you can, Lord, Uh, and we weren't so sure that He could or that He would, but He did, and He did so in ways that stunned us. It took our breath away to see some of the things He did, and it was undeniably not on uh, a result of our efforts. It was undeniably his hand at work, and so that energized us more to keep it up and to keep finding new ways to reach people with the gospel, and eventually that developed uh, from that small outreach to a wonderful fellowship of people that got together, and Matt especially, uh, uh, was serious and followed up his uh, desires by going to seminary, getting a master's degree uh, in theology and and uh, working in the ministry and putting together pr- pretty much uh, single-handedly uh, the Karm materials that you see on the CARM website at CARM.org. Uh, he's done a monumental job in putting together materials that uh, are helpful in doing the things that we tried to do initially uh, without much uh, technology, without much uh, at our hands as far as resources, uh, he's made a resource available through the technology of the internet, which uh, I wish we had when we started out. It would have made things a lot more um, easy to approach in, in evangelizing the lost. But he offers he offers that information in by way of a very uh, Pointed and succinct articles—they're like rifle shots to the topics they cover. It's not a scatter, uh, a shotgun type of approach. He'll t- he'll pick a topic and he'll give you relevant and attendant verses to examine that topic, and then of course uh, you can follow up from there uh, as you open your Bible and examine his materials. You can go on from there to study uh, further. And he'll usually have uh, sister articles that will allow you to uh, expand uh, your search uh, on topics having to do with uh, God and uh, having to do with uh, the Christian faith and how it was formed and how it has blossomed and how it has uh, reached what it has reached today with uh, all those who uh, enrich it and all those who assail it. And how to handle them. So not only can you uh, repel and correct some of the uh, aberrant uh, and uh, hostile people, you can also enrich the understanding of the scriptures to the, uh, the fellow believers in the body of Christ. Now, uh, I'll give you a little bit more insight into what happened, and uh, as we come back from these messages that are coming up, and hopefully, uh, if you want to call two zero seven. Two two seven six six. Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. It's Matt Slick live taking your calls at seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. Here's Matt Slick. You'll find we have online schools that you can go to to learn how to. Defend the Christian faith and learn more about the Christian faith and enrich your understanding of, of uh, to enrich your understanding of Scripture and your walk with God. Through the materials, uh, it's all there, and Matt offers most every bit of it uh, absolutely free. Uh, so don't think that because it's free, it's not uh, worthwhile or valuable. Uh, the way Madison Avenue has conditioned us here in the West is that uh, you, the more you pay for something, the better quality it probably is. Well, that's not so. Uh, don't, don't fall for that kind of conditioning. And just because it's free doesn't mean it's not valuable. Uh, it, it's indeed valuable. Uh, one of the valuable things that's developed in our ministry and something we have come to appreciate more and more is our prayer team and our prayer warriors who battle uh, uh, by uh, uh, assailing um, the, the kingdom of darkness with prayers and, and invoking uh, God into the situations that, that we know we can't handle, uh, and bringing Him into it and trusting Him the way we should trust Him as His children to, uh, to use His guiding hand either personally to touch uh, our needs or to use godly people in his hands as instruments to minister to, to minister to our our specific needs uh, one in particular need that uh, our prayer team has been uh, focusing on yeah here lately is a, a wonderful uh, uh, little new life uh, uh, born to a, a follower, uh, uh, her first name is Noelle, she's given birth to a, a wonderful little child called Avery Grace. And Avery Grace is uh, in need of uh, the Lord's attention, uh, more so than uh, other little newborns. Uh, she has some special problems facing her, and, uh, but nothing that the Lord can't help her overcome Uh, we're uh, confident of that. Uh, The Lord takes a special interest in children. In fact, He even encourages us adults to approach Him with a faith, uh, the kind of faith that a little child will have. And uh, some people say, well, can that kind of faith even be uh, recognized uh, for or on behalf of a baby? Well, in the the Old Testament, it says that uh, you did you did give me trust even at my mother's breast. So to put trust in the heart of a little child, even while she's at her mother's breast, is something that I don't understand how that works. But yes, God can even give the little babies uh, a a measure of faith and trust and uh, grow that into uh, uh, the kind of trust and the kind of... uh, Uh, the kind of trust and faith that we should have, which is uh, 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 without reservation as looking to our Heavenly Father as we look to uh, our godly mothers and fathers here on earth. Anyhow, so if you can remember in your prayer, Avery Grace, I'm sure her mom and her family would be most appreciative uh, as we join together uh, with you. In uh, praying that the Lord will meet and attend to her every need um, directly, and/or through the hands of people that He uses as instruments to directly uh, work to her advantage and uh, comfort her family as they as they learn how to deal with uh, with her challenges. Uh, we have another. Uh, youngster that we've prayed for for several years now, who I'm hoping to get in touch with her mother. We had a snow squall here the the day I was going to go meet her mother at a Bible study. Uh, This little girl has had some uh, real challenges, and the Lord has seen fit to uh, uh, bless and and grace uh, this little child. Her name is Graceland, and I want to have her mom possibly call in and testimony of the Lord uh, working in in little Graceland's life. And of course, we appreciate our prayer prayer team, which you can contact, and I encourage you uh, to contact because we take a great deal of honor and pleasure in interceding with the Lord for you. Uh, Our prayer team is a wonderful team uh, headed by a, a, a very godly lady who lives on the different end of the country than I do. Uh, And I haven't met her in person, but we've had so many talks together and stuff. She's a lovely Christian woman. Her name is Joanne. And those prayers can be sent to prayer at calm.org. Very simple, prayer at calm.org. And we'd be more than happy uh, to join with you in prayer for your needs. Uh, Now, back to Matt Slick, uh, what can I tell you that I can get away with that he won't uh, be upset to hear when he comes back. Well, not very much. He's, uh, he's been a, a wonderful friend, a faithful friend. Uh, even though we've known each other over 40 years, uh, we still like each other, and that's a, an accomplishment uh, sometimes in the, in the worldly sense because uh, we know each other's, uh, uh, what would you call them, cracks in our character. We know each other's weaknesses. But we overlook them in the Lord, and we adjust, and we love each other just the same. So, um, he has been an encouragement to me. Uh, He claims I've been an encouragement to him. Uh, So, uh, I don't doubt his claim, even though I uh, question how much help uh, I've actually been to him. But I like to support him in what he does, because his attitude is one of uh, the kinds of attitudes you don't run into normally. And it seems to have attracted other people with similar attitudes that are just willing and interested in, uh, in uh, responding as much as they can in the places they are and with the skills they have responding to the call of the Lord. Uh, and uh, we appreciate them for that. Now, um, the uh, okay, the, the calls haven't come in today. That's okay. Um, I I enjoy the opportunity to uh, uh, let me adjust something here just real quickly. There, Um, I enjoy the opportunity to tell you a little bit about Carm, a little bit of the inside scoop as to how we began. Uh, I would encourage others, um, even if you've got the butterflies like we had, even if you have uh, hesitation or reservation about putting yourself out there to be made available to the Lord and to be made available to people who need Him. Uh, even with those butterflies, go ahead, and I suggest you make an attempt, and the Lord will clue you in rather quickly if, is, is, if that's the direction He wants you to go in. Go ahead and, and do your part to witness to someone. Uh, have something ready at the doorstep for when one of those uh, uh, individuals that come knocking at your door with another gospel, have something ready, a a piece of material, a printout of an article from CARM. If you have a a family member or someone close to you that you've discussed a topic with that uh, they need some help with, uh, you get them over for a cup of coffee or whatever, uh, sit down with your Bibles open and say, hey, you know, we were talking about this particular thing having to do with faith, having to do with Christ and His ministry you know, his uh, uh, ministry as our priest. I I did rattle a few feathers in my family, my personal uh, family, the other day when I mentioned uh, something about the priesthood of Christ and how his priesthood was superior uh, to all other priesthoods before him. Uh, And my Roman Catholic family and my Orthodox family It kind of ruffled their feathers, but I told them, you know, look, when you look at it, you you have people claiming to hold a priesthood. One in particular, we'll take the the, the LDS, for example. Uh, Their missionaries claim to hold, uh, to be part of the Aaronic and Melchizedek priesthood uh, that has been bestowed on them by the blessings of laying on of hands in their church. Well, as the Scripture showed us, and I went into it the other day, in Hebrews, Jesus is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Uh, Hebrews explains that in times past, the, the, the priest who made intercession for the people uh, would uh, pass away and have to be replaced uh, from time to time as the years went by. But now that Jesus holds the priesthood Inviolet, or by virtue of an indestructible life, okay, uh, and he doesn't, he won't be replaced, he doesn't need to be replaced. I said that priesthood is something he's taken over and he intercedes now for us. He's our intercessor, just as it was pictured in the Old Testament times leading up to Christ that the priest, the high priest, would represent the people when he and only he could go behind the veil. Um, and and represent us before God. Well, interestingly enough, we went to a verse that called uh, us believers in the body of Christ that we're a kingdom of priests. Well, what's that mean, a kingdom of priests? Uh, Priests are the people that had the the one-on-one contact with God on our behalf. But now God invites us to come boldly before the throne as his children uh, and have direct contact with him. So, the priesthood was uh, inherited, so to speak, by Christ in his incarnation, and he serves as that priest for us right now. And he invites us to come to him directly, and that means we can have personal one-on-one contact with God ourselves. And in that fashion, we become a kingdom of priests. Okay, we ourselves, could represent ourselves in front of Him. Of course, when we do, uh, what's usually revealed to us is our inadequacies, uh, but we reveal ourselves to Him as children, uh, trusting that He will uh, attend to those inadequacies. He will uh, in- empower us uh, and make us sensitive by the leading of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to adjust uh, to a more uh, faithful way of life. Sometimes we call that sanctification. We grow in our sanctification uh, after we uh, have come to the Lord, and He puts us on a path of righteousness where we should grow and mature in the faith and become a uh, a more attractive uh, representation of uh, uh, people of faith to the world. Uh, So this personal contact we have with them, this invitation to come boldly before the throne, I try to explain to my relatives, it's not an insult to you people who who hold to what you call a priesthood on this earth. Just understand that I I know the real meaning of what it is to be uh, the high priest of the order of Melchizedek, who intercedes daily uh, for the people of God, and you don't fit the bill. Okay? You're nice enough, you're sincere enough, but niceness and sincerity only go so far. That doesn't put you over the finish line with, with, with God. You need Him to pull you across the finish line. And that's what our High Priest does when we come to Him in faith. So, uh, I hope you can join us next week for Matt Slick Live. We appreciate your, uh, uh, your attention and God bless you as you open your- another program powered by the Truth Network.